Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you one more time. Hope you had a happy new year. I've been praying and seeking the Lord and trying to get a word <clears throat> to release upon you, my brothers and sisters, in this new season. Father, I love you and I appreciate you. I thank you for preserving us in the last year. And I thank you for bringing us into a new year. Father, unleash yourself, Lord, even this week, Lord, to give my brothers and sisters, Lord, PowerPoints, instructions, Lord, new ways of doing things, Lord, to make their lives better. Give us some new, Lord Jesus, to produce the old. And Lord Jesus, let your anointing and your grace rest upon me and my brothers and sisters in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're talking about a new year and new strategies. I was in praise and worship about two or three weeks ago, and the Lord spoke to my spirit, next year is going to be the year of the stone. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when the Lord is speaking something, you know, you're like, did I hear that correctly? What, what does that mean, the year of the stone? So I Google searched the word stone, and I tell you, that word is all throughout the Bible. You know, they stone people to death in the Old Testament when they didn't keep the word of the Lord. But also the stone was used in a good way. It talks about um, the, the, the children in the book of Psalms, like your uh, daughters being like precious stones. Uh, the, the priest used to wear the Urim and Thummim, and it, has all, it had all the birthstones of the children of Israel. All of those uh, sons of uh, Jacob was born under a different birthstone. So stone, you know, I looked up stone. I even researched where it had diamonds as a stone. Um, so stone, it could be used in a good way, but it also used to bring judgment. The same thing that is good can also be the same thing that that is used for punishment. So by this being the year of the stone, the Lord started, you know, I asked him what that means. He started revealing unto me for the people that are aligned themselves with the Lord. It's going to be a good things going to happen. It's going to be a good year. But them that have been willfully rebellious, willfully disobedient, uh, willfully standing in his way. That includes the ones in the government and politics and even in your everyday life. You know, uh, one place it said the time will come when judgment must start at the house of the Lord. But God has made a way where we can align ourselves with him, where we can be under that ark of protection. See, when God sent the flood to Noah and to that generation, he made a way of escape. He did not send judgment without warning. So, I don't want to make anybody all sad or nothing like that. I just want to tell you this year, God is asking us to, to come closer to him. You know, uh, set, set you a certain time where you're going to pray. Uh, pick about two or three days a month or a day. You can do a day. You can do three days. You can do a week. But you need to fast. You know, I would say go from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., Without food, you can drink water, but without food. Fasting is not, I'm not going to go on Facebook anymore. Uh, I'm not going to watch my favorite TV show. That is not a fast. 
I know many in the world, you know, people who hadn't grew up in the church, uh, they think that's a fast. I'm not going to talk on myself. That is not a fast. A fast is to abstain from food. So you can do a day fast once a month, all of this year. Maybe go from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., nothing but water. Some of you are more <clears throat> got have more grace in that area. You can do a three-day fast uh, from 6 a.m. in the morning to 6 p.m. in the evening. Uh, drink water during those daytime hours. Some of you can do a 30-day, uh, I mean a, a seven-day fast, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., just drink water. Uh, some of you can do a 40-day, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., just drink water during the day. You can eat before 6 a.m., or you can eat after 6 p.m. What I'm saying is you want to pay the price because certain strongholds in your bloodline, certain strongholds off of people, certain strongholds off of your own self is only broken through prayer and fasting. Now, I want to be uh, honest with you all in uh, full disclosure. This is not an administration that I enjoy doing. It's one that I've often neglected, one that I've often got away from. But the Lord is calling for us in this first month of the year to give them this month as a tithe to, to, to put some oil in our lamps. And I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. I'm going to go to Matthew, the 25th chapter tomorrow and deal with that. <clears throat> but he wants us to get some oil in our lamps and get some power because when you, when you fast, you build spiritual muscles and it accelerates what, what you're praying for. I'm going to dive off into that a little bit tomorrow. Let's go to uh, Matthew, the 21st chapter. And let's start at the, the 33rd verse. It says, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and did the wine press in it and built the tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, they will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? You know, I'm asking them that are in the world today. When the Lord cometh, what will he do unto them that reject him? What will he do unto them that reject his words, that reject his people, that tries to kill his people through demonic schemes that they have going on in the earth today? Yes, what is the Lord going to do? When judgment comes into the land, men learn righteousness. That's what one of the prophets said. I say it again, when judgment comes into the land, men love uh, learn righteousness. Well, verse 41, it says, they say unto him, he will miserably 
destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said unto them, did you never read in the scriptures? The stone, this is what this year is, the year of the stone. The stone which the builders rejected. Who is that stone? That stone is Jesus. The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the year of Jesus. This is the year of the chief cornerstone. This is the year of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, he's going to come and marry us, marry them that are that are, are waiting on him, that are preparing themselves for him. He's going to give us a visitation in this season, and he's going to encourage us, and he's going to bless us. Hallelujah. He's going to deliver your sons and daughters from, from whatever they got going on. He's going to heal your bodies even in this season. He's going to show up this season. He's going to show up this year. Oh, glory, but you got to be in position to receive it. Therefore, say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruit thereof. And whosoever shall fall upon this stone shall be broken. See, that's repentance. If you fall upon this stone, you're going to be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. You see, that's a twofold meaning. This is the year of the stone. Let me read that again. Is is Matthew 21 and 44. This is what God is doing in this year. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. Anybody who repents and turn away from their evil doing, they're going to be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome on this Tuesday. We're talking about a new year, new strategy. Father, I declare of your people new things now, new ways of get, getting finances, new, new ways of winning souls, new things now, new ways of doing ministry. Father, put the, put the word of the Lord up, uh, upon new people this year and cause them to be innovative in the way they're ministering. Cause them to minister on Instagram, to minister on Facebook and YouTube. Other words, to go into all the world and minister the gospel to every creature. Move mightily, Father, upon myself and upon my brothers and sisters, Lord. Give them, Lord Jesus, the tongue of the learned, Lord, and myself the tongue of the learned, to speak a word in season to them that are weary. Cause us to go into the world, Lord Jesus, and, 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 and find those that are oppressed and depressed, that are suicidal, Lord Jesus, and give us the prophetic word. Give us the word of wisdom, Lord, the word of kindness even in this season. Let your kingdom come, Lord, and let the stone, the great cornerstone, you, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be put on display in this season. Come down, groomsmen, and marry the bride, and cause the blessings to fall, Lord, upon them that accept you, Lord, and cause the judgments written, Lord Jesus, to be rendered unto them that hate you. Lord Jesus, let, let the Lord arise and let his enemies be scattered, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the book of Leviticus, the sixth chapter and at the 12th verse, it says, and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. 
laid a burnt offering in order upon it, and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13, it says, The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. You know, it's a song I like by Eddie James where it said, Let the fire of the altar never burn out. The fire of my altar is talking about make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house of prayer. It's talking about making him a house of prayer and don't let the fire of the altar, which is in his own soul, burn out. One of my favorite songs. Yes, you got to have a prayer life in this season. Glory, hallelujah. You got to have a, 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 um, some decrees that you're saying in the morning time. You need to wake up decreeing over yourself. You need to wake up. When you wake up in the morning, you need to say, good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. I love you, and I thank you for the Holy Spirit. What do you want me to do today? I bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. You need to wake up that way. <clears throat> you need to wake up every morning that way. You need to wake up with the first thing on your mind, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because you don't know. See, every day is an unknown. Every year is an unknown. But God is challenging us, to, even in this season, to get closer to him. Now, what's going to happen when you're chasing yourself, you know what I'm saying, and start praying and start seeking the Lord, he's going to start to release the answer to your prayers. But it's going to start off with you chasing yourself. One place in the book of Daniel, it said the moment you chasing yourself, in other words, Daniel chasing himself with prayer and fasting. David chasing himself with prayer and fasting. When God see us chasing in ourselves, that's going to accelerate the answers to our prayers. See, a lot of times we ain't seeing the manifestation of what we want because we hadn't went through a season of chasing in ourselves. In the, I, I think it's the ninth chapter of Mark or either the ninth chapter of Matthew. I think it's Mark. It talks about that certain strongholds can only be broken by prayer and fasting. I'm going to deal with that later on in the week. But today, let's go to Matthew, the 25th chapter, and let's start at the first verse. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, the bridegroom, this is symbolic. It's a parable. The, the, it said it's likened unto ten virgins. So, look, I'm talking to all of y'all are hearing me today. If you're not a Christian, when you could, if, if you're not one right now, you're hearing me because God is drawing you to him. And you become a Christian. You become born again. You obtain eternal life by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But after you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it don't stop there. You got to, you got to learn about him. You got to take his yoke, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You got to learn of him. How do you learn of him? By reading the word of God. How do you fellowship with him? By prayer. Hallelujah. Well, it says the kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins. That means ten of us that have been bought by the blood of Jesus. We've been made clean. 
virgin uh, represent purity, cleanliness, hadn't been, hadn't been fornicating, hadn't been committing adultery. A virgin, that's us. We hadn't been worshiping idol gods. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He is a counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So he came. See, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps. See, Jesus is our lamp. He's a, he's a, he's a light and a lamp and went forth to meet the bridegroom. See, these virgins is going, the virgin are going to meet the bridegroom, and we're about to get married. I was joking with one of my brothers. I said, when I see Jesus, I'm going to kiss him in the mouth. You know, I was figuratively speaking. I don't, I guess. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, Jesus is intimate with, with his children. If you read the scriptures, John, you, you'll find that John was laying his head upon his breast, and he wasn't, he wasn't on his chest. He wasn't a homosexual. See, Jesus is intimate with his children. And five of them was, were, were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now, what, do, what does that mean? But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now, the only way, reading I'm asking you, brothers and sisters, to give God one day a month, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., drink water, no food. I'm doing that to put some oil so we can get some oil in our laps. So we can break that same demonic cycle that we've been practicing some of us from year, year to year. We need some oil in our laps. How many can say amen? See, the wise, they took oil in their vessels with their laps. But see, the foolish, they took their laps and took no oil with them. See, that fire had went out. See, see, Brother Rob minister Sunday about returning to the first love, and that went along with this. See, but it said, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. See, while the, see, he's tarrying right now. See, but it said they all slumbered and slept. They will sleep at the wheel. And at midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil for our lamps are gone out. How many of you got to call somebody when somebody else gets sick? You can't pray yourself. Or when, or when something going on with a family member, you got to call somebody else. You can't handle the situation yourself. You know why? Because your oil went out. And see, you can buy your own oil. You, you can pray. You know, I know everybody have a, you know, I have a hard time fasting myself, but you can pray. You'll have a little oil, but if you want a lot of oil, mix it with fasting. But you will have a little oil if you pray. And see, the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. One place in Isaiah, the Lord said, come to me and buy oil without money and without price. See, all this stuff is prophetic. How many understand that? And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. 
Brothers and sisters, I hope this bless you. Have a great week, a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you on this Wednesday. We're talking about a new year and new strategies. I bless you. I decree the blood of Jesus Christ upon you. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, increase the hearing of the people that are listening. Increase their hearing, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Increase their understanding, Father. And Father, cause the blood of Jesus and the power of God to rest upon them. For greater is you that is in them than he that is in the world. I bless them and I pour your blood upon them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew, the 10th chapter, and at the first verse, it says, And when he, caught, when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. You all, brothers and sisters, are a disciple of, of Jesus Christ. You know, for his written, God is no respecter to persons. He said that we are great in the kingdom, even just as great or greater than John the Baptist. Some, somewhere in there, he said something along those lines. He said in the last days, he poured his spirit out upon all flesh. So you either have his spirit or have the potential or the ability by asking to have the spirit of God. Therefore, God has already given you the same power he gave the original 12. You have the power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and you have the power to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Now, some of you probably say, well, I tried that. I laid hands on them. I prayed for them, and they still sick. I have done that myself. It could be many reasons. It could be the person is not in agreement. Or it can be that we need to put some oil in our lamps. It could be eat all. It could be that the, the person on the receiving end or ourselves hadn't built our faith up by confession of the word. See, some things is going to require your faith. And some things, if it's a manifestation of the power of God, of a, of a gift of the spirit, the person can get it off of your faith. But most of the time, God is going to require you or the receiver to, to be in agreement or to have faith. Now, what, what I'm, where I'm going with this is, I want to deal with a situation. Where the, now, I wanted you to know first that the disciples had the authority. God had already given them the power. God has, has already given you the power. We have the power to heal all manner of diseases and to cast out devils. Somebody say this. Say, I have the power. Say it again. Say, I have the power. Say it one more time. Say, I have the power to cast out devils and to heal the sick. One more time. Say, I have the power to cast out devils and to heal the sick. Now we're going to go to Mark, the, uh, the ninth chapter. And we're going to start at the 17th verse. It says, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. 
and what wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. Pining away means that they won't eat, just losing weight. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast them out, and they could not. How many of you have, 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 have tried to cast out a devil, or been to the church, tried to get the elders and the pastors to pray for somebody that's mentally ill, pray for somebody that's having a seizure, and the pastor couldn't help you, and the, and the elders couldn't help you, and nobody could help you. How many have been there? I've been there. I said I've been there. That's why I learned some things spiritually, because I've been there. How many of you have been there? How many of you know what the solution is? How many of you are willing to pay the price to get the solution? How many of you are willing to go the extra mile and be effective in ministry? How many of you are ready to take another step and stop being normal? Yes, we had an option. We can be normal and go to heaven. But you know what? We can step off into the supernatural. We can step off into the, the realm of miracles. We can step off into the, the, the realm of church growth, dynamic church growth. See, what we think sometimes, we think God is just going to do it while we're doing the status quo, while we're doing the same thing we've been doing. We want God to move, and we want to blame other people. Yeah, I want to, oh, they need to do this. Oh, they need to do this. Oh, he need to preach this way. Won't you do it? And I'm saying that to myself. Won't you do it? We waiting on somebody else to pay the price. We waiting on somebody else to do it. We calling other people. Pray for me. Keep me in your prayers. Well, see, God wants you to stop being babies. God want me to stop being a baby. God want us to be weaned from the breast. God want us to get some spiritual discipline so we can be strong in the spirit. We, he want us to lift weights in the spirit. He want us to become more spirit than natural. Glory to God. Glory to God. So they could not cast them out. And at verse 19, is Mark uh, 9 and 19, he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I, shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. First, he rebuked them for not having any faith. These were disciples now. He had already given them power, right? Evidently, the disciples had been casting out devils because they brought this person to him for the disciples to cast them out. So the people already knew that's what they did. They cast out devils and healed the sick. And Jesus was the one who gave them the ability. And Jesus has given you the ability. You don't need me to come lay hands on them. You lay hands on them yourself. Now, I don't mind doing it because we might have some baby Christians on here. I'm talking to the ones that's been in the Lord for a while. When are you going to cast the devils out? When are you going to lay hands on the sick? I come to tell you in the name of Jesus Christ that God has anointed you to do it and he wants you to do it and he don't want you to call anybody else. He wants you to take care of the problem. He said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I, how, shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. What are we going to do, brothers and sisters? A lot of our loved ones, different ones died last year. Are we going to do something about it? Are we going to pray and seek God and stop the devil from, 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 from ravaging the land with sickness? Are we going to heal the sick? Are we going to cast out devils? Are we going to stop uh, sending our children, sons and daughters to the mental ward to get help from a psychiatrist and say things like, 
Well, they just need to take their medicine. I hear preachers saying this. They need to stay on their medicine. No, you need to cast the demons out of them. We need to get it done. We, we don't need to take no for an answer. If we fail, we need to do it again. If we fail that time, we need to do it again because God said that he gave, given us the power to tread on serpents and scorpions on over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt me. In, in the book of, of uh, Luke, the 18th chapter, that lady wouldn't give up. She kept pressing. She kept pressing. She kept pressing until that unrighteous judge gave her the answer. That other lady kept pressing until she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Another guy kept pressing until he received his sight from Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. At verse 20, it says, Then he brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child, and oftentimes it have cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe it. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. The spirit cried and rent him so and came out of him, and he was as one dead, and so much that many say he is dead. And then let's go toward the end. Verse 28. And when he was coming to the house, the disciples asked him privately, Why could we, why could not? we cast him out. And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. That's why I say mix up the fasting this month to intensify your spiritual effectiveness. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Talk to you tomorrow. Be blessed. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you on this Thursday. We're talking about a new year, new strategies. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask that you sear these new strategies, Lord, these new ways of doing things. It's new to some and and new things of the old way to up to many of us. It's not new, but it's old way of doing the, the new way of doing the old things. And it's new to some, but it's not new to some of us, but we got away from it. But Father, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you baptize us with hope. You baptize us with faith. You baptize us with love and you baptize us with spiritual discipline. Lord, I humble myself and ask for your mercy, Lord, for being slow for Lord, for leaving my first love, for leaving my first discipline. Have mercy upon me and forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, for not being as disciplined, Lord, as I should have been. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon my brothers and sisters. Give us the grace, Lord. Give us the anointing, Lord Jesus, the drive to pray and fast even in this new season that we may see, Lord, some of our loved ones delivered, Lord, from these demonic powers. Help us, Lord, to pull souls out of hell, Lord, even in this season. In the name of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> How many of you want to see your spouses saved? How many of you want to see your loved ones saved? Well, these new strategies, they will work. I remember um, when I was going to a certain church, with my wife's grandmother, it used to be uh, every every January, 
they would have a 40-day fast. You didn't eat anything from sun, sun up to sundown. You just drank water. And I remember one particular year, this one, this one I was a baby Christian. Me and my wife had just got saved. And I remember we was on one of those 40-day fasts. And we was young, and we had just got saved, and we, you know how the, uh, the devil was fighting us in our marriage. And uh, we went on that fast, and I, I believe probably about the sixth or seventh day of that fast, both of us looked at each other, and at the same time, we both said, I've been tripping. We realized that we was operating in the flesh, that we were fussing and fighting over nothing. And some of you ain't going to realize that you're in your flesh until you put your flesh under subjection till you tell your flesh that you are no longer my God, that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And doing that same fast, we'll, we'll, we'll meet at the church at 6 7 o'clock, can't remember the time, in the evening. And we'll have our prayer. It'd be me, it wasn't a bunch of us. The ones that were consistent, it was about four or five of us. Me and the rest of them, uh, old enough to uh, be my grandmother. They loved me. I loved them. And I was praying. Uh, I prayed and they'll pray. Them none of them to pray. One night I was so drunk, I was staggering on the altar. And um, <clears throat> I was praying. None of those women uh, who was on the altar with me, none of them husband went to church. Now, my grandma, my husband deceased, my wife's grandmother. But none of their husband went to church. So every night I prayed that God will save their husbands and put them in the church. Well, about six months later, all of those women husbands started coming to church on the same Sunday. All three of them came on the same Sunday. Then they came the next Sunday. I thought it was a coincidence at first. Then they came the next Sunday. Then they came the next Sunday. So at the church, we were chit-chatting. They were standing out there fellowship, and I asked them, did they know one another? They said, well, we know each other from this church. I said, did y'all know each other before from the church? Before, before y'all started coming three weeks ago? They said, no. I said, that is odd. Then I kind of casually asked the Lord, I said, what that's about? The Lord said, wasn't you praying uh, in January that all of them come? See, it was June or July when all of them started coming. I say all that to say this. When you start praying and mixing it with fasting, God is going to answer that prayer. Now, if you don't see it the next day, that don't mean he hadn't heard you. Some of you is going to do that sun up to sundown thing. You're going to see your husband and your wife delivered. Some of you are going to see your children delivered from a, 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 a lifestyle that they shouldn't be practicing. I'm telling you, God is in the, in the business this year to cause people to fall upon the stone so they'll be broken. Because a lot of people got to be delivered this year. He's coming this year. It's going to come and show his glory this year. It's going to be magnificent. Glory, hallelujah, for us that are in alignment with his divine will. He's going to set a lot of y'all loved ones free if you'll just be obedient to this word. And at the same time, the wicked, them that are standing in God's way of his agenda, God has an agenda. God tired of Herod and Pharaoh killing his babies to and under. Yeah, God got an agenda to put a stop to that. See, if they don't fall upon the stone, if they do fall upon the stone, they'll be broken. But certain ones who are standing in God's way and thumbing their nose at God, he's going to fall upon them and he's, and he's going to grind you to powder. So we just want to align ourselves 
under God's mercy. Matthew 6, it said, take heed, Matthew 6 and 1, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thine left hand know it what thy right hand doeth. Now, alms is like giving people money, blessing the poor, stuff of that, that sort. Thine alms, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy, thy father which see it in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now, there's nothing wrong with corporate praying. Don't you misunderstand the scripture. God is dealing with the motives of the prayers. And see, it said, But when thou prayers enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which see it in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, I know people who enter into a closet, a literal closet. But what he meant by that, enter into your secret place. There's nothing wrong with a literal closet, though. But he's talking about your own secret place. Now, let's drop down to verse 19 or uh, 16. Now you notice it's saying when you pray. How many of you know that a practicing Christian knows that it is his duty to pray? If, if a God tell you he's a Christian, you assume that he prays. Because <coughs> the Bible don't say if you pray. It says when you pray. Well, let's get down to the part that we as Christians don't practice. I'm, I'm the chief of them, and I'm trying to correct. I'm going to ask you to pray for me that I can practice this administration that it talks about in Matthew 6 and 16 because I need much prayer to be able to be obedient in this particular administration. Verse 16, it says, moreover, when ye fast. It don't say if. It says when, not if says, when you pray, now it says, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which see it in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, God has given us the administration of praying and the administration of fasting <coughs> so that we can be a blessing to ourselves, but not only to ourselves, but we can be a, a blessing to others, the blessing of Abraham, he will make us a blessing. People are getting healed. 
people are getting delivered from evil spirits and stuff like that because we are practicing good Christian discipline. And it intensifies the anointing. It causes the church to grow. It causes people to come in. It causes souls to be set free. Got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Welcome on this Friday. As I told you but when I started this week, this is the year of the stone. Now, you know, I know the prophets. I'm, I don't consider myself a prophet. I'm not in that office. I'm a teacher. But the Lord spoke to my spirit that this is the year of the stone. Now, some of them are going to get different words. God give everybody their individual word. Hallelujah. But this is my portion. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. Somebody else is going to get their part. This is my part. Now, when God said it was the year of the stone, I asked him what he meant about that. He gave me several scriptures. But this is, is the part, part of what he gave me. <clears throat> I'm not covering all of it. He told me some more stuff. But we in 1 Peter, the second chapter. I'm going to read probably the first 12 verses. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings. Now, we can meditate on each one of those things one by one. We're going to lay all that aside. Malice, that just means you wishing evil and trying to do wrong to people. God means lying. Hypocrisy means I'm saying one thing and doing another, and envious means you're jealous. Evil speaking is slandering gossip. You know, I, I probably got hit in every last one of those areas, I, I, you know, Lord, forgive me, and Lord, forgive my brothers and sisters. Forgive us as a nation. Forgive us as a city. Lord, let your grace and mercy be upon us in this season, for we fall upon the stone. We don't want that stone to grind us to powder. You know, we, we, we get eternal life when we believe on Jesus, brothers and sisters. But we want to be able to enjoy the time we're here, and we want to win our loved ones to Christ. Because one place it says, if you desire long life and good days, refrain your tongue from speaking evil and see that thou, uh, keep your lips from God or deceit. So if we want long life and good days, we got to do those things. So it is something we have to do. We can get eternal life, but we don't want to get there quicker than normal. Now in verse 2, it says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. A lot of people don't even desire to hear the word. They don't even desire to read the word. Let me tell you something. You say, well, Lord, I'm going to pray that you give me that desire. I'm going to tell you this. You know you just got to make yourself do it. You know, I was in the Marine Corps. I didn't want to get up and do sit-ups and push-ups and jumping jacks. You know, I just had to do it. You know, you just got to make yourself do it. You're not a baby. You just got to make yourself read the Bible. You got to make yourself pray. You got to make yourself fast. It, I'm telling you, 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 you don't have to get no, no, uh, a lot of people say, I'm waiting on God to tell you. No, you don't. You don't wait on God to tell you to, um, to, to have malice, God, hypocrisy, envious, and evil speaking. You won't wait on God to tell, them, tell us to do that. We ain't got to wait on God to tell us to pray and fast. <clears throat> so this is something we have to discipline ourselves. And it says, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone. See a living stone. That's who you are. Also, you are a living stone. 
to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed a deed of men, but chosen of God and precious. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus is a living stone. A stone is hard. A stone is tough. Can't be broken. And then at verse 9, it says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. God calls you a lively stone. Say this. Say, I am a lively stone. Are built up a spiritual house. You are a spiritual house. If you read, I think it's Deuteronomy the ninth or the tenth chapter, God suffered them to hunger. He fed them with manna. He said it. He said, I suffer you to hunger so that you'll learn that man do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. That's even in the Old Testament. And then when, when Satan tempted Jesus when he was on his 40-day fast, he told him to make this stone bread. And Jesus said, man, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's something about that stone. Even the Old Testament was written and graven in stones. That word was in stone. It had to be broken. Now it's written on the table of your heart. Your heart is soft. But Jesus is that, that lively stone. You are a lively stone. You're just like Jesus. Jesus is the chief cornerstone, but you are a lively stone. You're built up a spiritual house. See, know ye not that your, your body is the temple of God? Your body is the dwelling place of God. This temple got to be cleaned out. All that crazy stuff got to be cleaned out of this temple because God dwells in this temple. He dwells in this body. You also have lively stones that built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. You are a holy priesthood. It's not the Old Testament no more. God dwell, don't dwell in temples made with men's hands. He dwells in the temple, which is your body. One place Jesus said, I'm going to tear down this temple and build it again in three days. They thought he was, they said, man, we, we spent 46 years building this temple. And it says they knew not that he spake of his body. Brothers and sisters, tear down all that stuff out of that body and let that body raise up a spiritual house and go out in the power of the spirit and heal the sick. Do this for your wives, women. Do this for your husbands. Do this for your children that are bound by different demonic powers. Pay the price, brothers and sisters. Begin to pray and fast and seek the Lord and watch what God is going to do. Watch what God is going to do. God is going to move because you are a lively stone. You are a spiritual house. You are a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You know, I did a little of this already. And I tell you, brothers and sisters, God is going to move. God is going to move. He's going to do what he said he was going to do. Because in Isaiah 58, he said the fact that he has chosen is to break the bands of wickedness, to destroy the yokes, and to let the oppressed go free. I got some people in my family that need to be released from bands of wickedness. They are oppressed. They need to be loose from that. And God is telling us if we'll do this, that he's going to move. It depends on how bad we want it. It depends on do we want him to move. If, man, we, we, got to, we got to evangelize this country. You know this country is in a mess. Whenever you got people so ignorant 
that they vote for people that stand for things that are God that are, that are against God and justify it. You can't stand with people that's that's for gay marriage and abortion and all that, and try to justify it by race and all this. Those people are wicked. When a person is standing against God, he is wicked. She is wicked. They're not of God. And you know the nation is blind when they call good evil and evil good and make a mockery out of it. I had people make a mockery out of me when I say that. Yeah, we know. You call good evil. You mocking. You saying I'm ignorant. But I tell you this, brothers and sisters. God is going to reward them that stand with him in his hour. God is going to reward him that, that, that are spiritual, that, that can see what the devil is doing to people, what the devil is doing to marriages. People, marriages is, is being destroyed, and they're and they doing the same thing every day. We got to do a new strategy. This is a new year, and it's going to require a new strategy. It is not the status quo. You're going to see some things happen this year, brothers and sisters, that's going to make your ears tingle. Hallelujah. So we got to have a new way of doing things. So so we are a lively stone, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, taught for spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Well, for also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. You know why people confuse? You know why people running around talking about they don't know the way? Uh, there's many ways to God, and uh, I'm still confused, and uh, I don't know this and that, and uh, maybe the Bible wasn't written, maybe the Bible ain't right. You know why you confused? Because you hadn't chose to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, he say he, 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 he'll lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. That's a person. The chief cornerstone is Jesus. He is elect. He is precious. And he that believeth on the Lord Jesus Christ shall not be confounded. You'll not be confused. You'll not be disappointed. Brothers and sisters, I got a lot, of, lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed and have a great weekend.